0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Roaring Twenties podcast. Given that we'll be graduating in less than a month, we wanted to talk about our experiences in college and how our mindsets have changed since we had a similar point just a few years ago as we prepared to graduate high school. This episode is directed at anyone lost in trying to find their purpose or passion. I think it'd be best to give a chronology of our experiences and sort of pinpoint where and how moments of growth arose and how our perspectives have changed. So let's start by talking a little bit about the end of high school and how that connected with the first
1: um, beginning parts of college. Okay, so I graduated in 2015, which feels like forever ago now makes me feel pretty old. And um, at the end of high school, as pretty much any other high school senior, I was so hyper focused on my friends and what people thought about me and um, just partying, I guess. And I remember I applied to a few schools and I got into one um, four year school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was going to go in undecided. And I remember when I discussed that with my parents, they were not very happy. They were like, you're not going to go to a four-year school and be undecided. We're not going to help you pay for that. So I was really sad. And they were like, you have to go to community college. So at the time I was like, oh my gosh, this is the worst case scenario. But now looking back, it's like, there's really just no point to compare yourself to anybody else's, uh, anybody else's path. They're just all different. And it doesn't do anybody good to compare any- anyway, But so anyways, I did. I, I remember saying, I'm like, if I have to go to community college, then I'm going to take the EMT course because I, I think I want to do something medical. My mom has been an ICU nurse for 30 years, so I kind of has, have been exposed to the medical field for a while. So I took the course and it was a great decision. Um, I really liked it. I started working on an ambulance and. I remember at the time, like a lot of the EMTs that I was working with were all either biology majors in college that were planning on applying to physician's assistant programs or medical school, or they were like nursing majors. And I remember thinking, and like, I kind of always thought maybe I wanted to be a PA, but I'm like, I definitely don't think I'm smart enough for that. So through during this time, I was visiting my, one of my good friends, um, at UMass Lowell every weekend so I was kind of getting the best of both worlds like I lived at home but I was getting to party with her every like Friday Saturday and I remember actually one weekend when I was there one of my friends said to me like so I applied to UMass Lowell and I was about to start there the next semester and he was like so what do you even want to do and I was like well I I'm actually I actually got accepted as a sociology major but I don't know like I always kind of wanted to be a PA but I didn't think I was smart enough and he was like well I mean, it was so simple what he said. He's like, yeah, but like, I guess you'll just never know unless you try. So that's what I did. I I switched to a biology major. And let me tell you, like, it was not easy. The beginning was very hard. It was, I've never been somebody that, like, my parents were the kind of parents that were like, B's and C's, that's good. Like, that's all you need. So I always kind of considered myself, like, I never thought about myself as book smart, as they say. So trying to get adjusted to just school and like even just I really went through the process of figuring out how I truly learn and it was hard and I remember at the beginning a lot of the times I like blamed my professors I'm like I'm not doing well in chemistry or whatever so like it's because they suck and then I think the turning point really for me was when I I took some responsibility and I was like well okay so if I have a test on Monday I probably on Saturday and it was really hard at first because it was, I think it was hard to let people down. Like it was a lot of saying no. And that was something that was new to me. So I, I had to let some people down, but I definitely, it was worth it because I, I turned myself around academically and honestly, personally. And I was, I attribute it all to God. Like I know he had a plan from the beginning and he just knew where I was going to end up and what I needed to do. And I just, I'm happy where I am. And now I'm about to apply to PA school in, actually this month so it's just I guess I guess you just really don't know where you're going to end up and I believe everything happens for a reason so I grew up with very strict parents who (laughs) placed a strong
0: emphasis on education and education had to come first no matter what I could still play sports I did piano um, all the extracurriculars that I wanted but school had to come first so I tried really hard in high school I played volleyball for a little bit but I wanted to take the honors and the AP classes because I knew that I needed a scholarship in order for me to go to college. So I stopped playing sports and I focused on school. I got into my dream school with a good scholarship, but the financial aid wasn't great. We appealed it to try to get more money, but they told us that they at work on processing it, that I shouldn't worry, just move in and make friends. So that's what I did. And that fell through the second week of classes after I already met the friends that I had made through orientation, met my roommates, Um, I moved out because I couldn't afford to go there. And I was embarrassed and I was frustrated because I felt like all the hard work that I had done in high school was just for nothing. Everyone was in college at this point and I was home mid-September, not in school. And I'm someone who plans things out. So this certainly was not part of my four-year plan. I knew I needed to take some sort of classes. So I enrolled in classes at um, NECO and I was stubborn. So I didn't want to go to community college. And I'm very persistent. So if I want something, I'll get it. I don't have the luxury of having connections or knowing the Dean of Admissions somewhere, so I had to do it myself. I went to the U- UMass Lowell to talk to the Dean of Admissions. I didn't write an email explaining my situation because I knew that they wouldn't schedule a meeting, so I went directly to their office. It would be very hard for them to, t- to refuse to talk to me if I was standing in front of them. I printed out my SAT scores, I uh, brought my acceptance letter, my resume, all that, and I explained. And long story short, I started school there the next day. I didn't have all my classes on schedule because it was already, um, not mid-semester, it was a few weeks into the semester. Um, So I was essentially a semester behind in chemistry and um, I had to catch up on bio. I was relieved that I was going to a four-year school, but I wasn't happy. I was not exactly proud of this time in my life. I will admit that it was a very difficult one, but I spent the first year and a half of my time at UML trying to transfer out. I wanted to go back to Stonehill. I told myself I would figure out the loans, but I hated UMass Lowell. I didn't take the time to make friends, go to office hours or tutoring, any of that. I went to school and I just went home right after. I put in just enough effort to get by and my transcript is reflective of that. I didn't have a car so my mom, um, the amazing woman that she is, would, dra- would drop me off at around 6.15, 6.30 and then rush through Lowell traffic to get back to her own job at seven. My earliest class was at eight and the buildings aren't open until seven so I'd wait outside. Dark, cold, doesn't matter if it was snowing. That was the only way I can get an education. So that's what I did. I was taking Chem 2, my third semester, and I'd get to the to my class right after the buildings opened. And um this girl was already sitting there, and she was always so friendly. She'd say hi and nod, and I honestly just didn't want to be there, so I just ignored her. Um the next semester I was taking orgo organic chemistry. Um so I told myself that I needed to get a B or better, otherwise I would have to change my major to psychology or something. This is where things really started to get real for me. I was at my very worst, mentally, physically, academically, really in all aspects of my life. I walked into my first class of Orgo and that same girl from Chem 2 was already sitting down. She waved at me and I don't know why, but I went to sit with her. Um, and honestly, to this day, it's been the one of the best decisions I've ever made. We became very close friends, we still are, and she's a very big reason for how much growth I've been able to achieve since that point. She made me like going to school at UMass Lowell, so I stopped trying to transfer out. I struggled in the beginning of Orgo, so I started going to tutoring. That's just what you do when you struggle, right? So uh, eventually I met this tutor who I didn't really think anything of. He was just another tutor, but he would explain something, and if I didn't understand it because I was so far behind at that point, um, I felt comfortable for the first time saying that I still didn't understand it. And rather than making me feel stupid for struggling, he said, thank you. He said, thank you for telling me that, Um, because, you know, I'll always remember what he said. He said, you you know, never know how frustrating it is when you explain something to someone and they pretend to get it and you feel like you just wasted your breath because, you know, they still don't understand. So um, prior to this, education had always been a constant in my life, a city foundation that I couldn't go back on when nothing else was going right. But at this point in my life, it was falling short of being that. I was really struggling. And this stranger who had no, no obligation to me, pretty sure he didn't even know my name, made the biggest impact. I know this now because I tutor Orgo, but you can only help so much as a tutor. There are a lot of students, you're only there for a few hours. And um, I know that he's not the sole reason I succeeded in Orgo and really changed my life around, but you know, I put in the work, but he gave me that push I needed just by being someone that I wanted to emulate. He made me want to get better. So I was in tutoring every, almost every day. I started eating better. I started to get out of my shell, be more outgoing, more myself. Um, we made small talk a few times. I found out he liked basketball, too. And he asked me if I played at the rec center at school, and I lied, and I said yes, because at that point, I hadn't picked up a ball in years. I was too self-conscious to go to the school gym to play, and I was scared. And basketball, for me, um, used to be my release. I'd play after a good day, and it was how I dealt with the bad ones. It was my remedy. My legs were shaky, but I walked into that rec center, and I played. And the second I got back on that court with my old basketball shoes and a baggy t-shirt, it's cheesy, but it felt like I was home. I played all my life. And you know, if uh, you know this, if you play a sport, but when you walk on the court, nothing else matters. Those kids that make fun of you, aren't there. It's you, the ball and the hoop. I don't know if, um, you know, you can replace this basketball analogy with soccer, football. doesn't really matter. Um, this stranger, like I said, helped me with Orgo. That was his job. That's what he was getting paid to do. But just by being himself, just by being someone that was constantly trying to improve himself and help other people, he made me want to improve. He made me want to get out of my comfort zone. Unintentionally, he got me back on that court. And just think about how remarkable it is. Um, just by being yourself, you help someone else want to do the same. And I honestly don't know why he was so nice to me, but uh, we've been friends ever since. And he's a special kid. I hope that we're friends for a long time. Um, where It's rare that you meet someone like that. So essentially, this is the point I, I'm trying to make. You never know how much you could be helping someone just by striving to be the best person that you can. I saw he was putting in the work to improve himself, and he was still able to help others in the process. And I wanted to do that, so I did. So yeah,
1: yeah. So I was gonna say uh, I was wasn't sure if you were done, yeah. but it's just kind of cool, like hearing that story because. Obviously, I've known Yancy for a little while now. So I kind of met her throughout that process. So actually to see your growth has just been really cool. It's really cool to witness it. And like, I am proud of you for how far you've come. Proud of both of us. You know, it's just, it's cool.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that we met each other through this.
1: (laughs) So I think we were going to now share like some things that we've kind of learned from um, our own growth and throughout like, I guess, college. So one thing I've, one number one thing I've learned is not to compare yourself. And that is really hard as a biology major because we're all kind of competing against each other. It's like we all are applying to the same medical schools or PA schools. So you kind of are, the person next to you is kind of your competition. But I think when you change your mindset from that, so you can't, obviously there's a little bit of competition that can't go away. But like comparing yourself to these people is just not, beneficial for you it's not beneficial for them and I think really most of the time when we spend our time comparing ourselves it really just strips us of joy and then it really instead if you if we stop comparing ourselves and really start trying to connect with people I think that that is so much more beneficial because a lot of the times these people when you just kind of get to know them they're the people that are going to be there cheering you on and then another person you have to stop comparing yourself to is yourself. So, like, whoever I expected to be at 23, I have to stop telling myself, like, that I'm falling short of, th- of those expectations because really they're just not real. Like, life happens and honestly you end up somewhere you never thought you were going to be and it's it's really where you should be. So,
0: yeah. Uh, a few things that I've learned is um, just don't think that you're not smart enough or good enough. You are. You just haven't really reached your full potential and that's okay. Um I wanted to share one quick story. So, uh junior year I was taking a lab um with a professor that no one liked. She was um a tough grader, she was unapproachable, um dreadful really. I but that honestly made me want to get an A even more. So, I showed up at her office uh two times, sometimes three times a week. She was um she was rude to me at first. She said it has a cold personality that's just who she is. Not someone I'd want to get a drink with, but um, towards the end, she was, she got a little nicer to me. I I think it was like a Wednesday, like every Wednesday I would go see her office and um, she emailed me on a Tuesday and she was like, oh, like, just so you know, tomorrow I'm going to be late. So just stick around and I'll be there. I was like, wow, she she expected me already. Um, So persistence is the way for me. That's how I got the A in that class. And, you know, most people want to learn and you just have to learn to not let people get in the way of that and also to maintain your integrity in the process. Um, another thing that I've learned, I'll oh, go ahead. I was going
1: to add, I've harassed a lot of professors <laughs> in my day. <laughs> like, yeah. That is their freaking job. So you, if you don't know where your professor's office is, like you need to know that. <laughs> an A minus is not an A.
0: <laughs> Sorry, that's Yassi yeah, making fun of me because it's, oh my gosh. It's not an A. It's not, it's not. Um, so another thing that I've learned is about effort effort is dis- is what distinguishes good from great and I'm going to use a sports analogy here so if you don't play sports just I don't know fast forward or something but it's the same thing as what makes the best athletes you think of I mean I'm, I only really watch basketball and play basketball so Kobe Bryant or LeBron Kawhi you think of those great athletes and they have plenty of natural ability but Kobe didn't become Kobe because of just his natural ability. He Same thing with LeBron. You have to be the first one in the gym and the last one out. You can't just go to practice, go home and watch film. That's not how you get better. It's about effort. And you can place that same analogy with schoolwork. Um, for me, chemistry is, is a difficult subject. So I have to work sometimes twice as hard just to get a concept that the person next to me might get in 10 minutes. But um, you have to put the effort in and I'm sure um, you'll reap the benefits.
1: Yeah, and just to add to that, um I think that that was one thing—a concept that I first going into school, I really thought there was a difference between book smart and street smart. And what I've like as I've gotten older and like had more experience with education, I realized like those people that were always like book smart and got all those A's in high school, and you were like, oh my gosh, they're just naturally smart. Okay, they might just like Gatsby said, have a little bit of natural ability, but you know, like that that does not matter if you don't apply yourself so me and yassi both like relate in this way it's like we are the ones trying like 50 times as hard as those people but i just really think that the people that are succeeding it's not just because of their natural ability it's like they are actually applying themselves so don't let that be an excuse for you
0: exactly that's very well said um i think that you know i think let's give some tangible tips that people can take away so that um, they can try to improve themselves and work through those, those difficult times. Yeah. So a few that I have um, you can add to these. Um, So I have a couple here. Um, You have 24 hours in the day and so does everyone else. So use them wisely. You know, you know, you need to know what to make a priority and um, that just comes with age and experience and wisdom. Another one I have is stay low-key on social media. Who the hell cares about how many followers you have? <laughs> uh, love and accept who you are right now. Understand that you are enough at this moment, but you do deserve to reach your potential. Self-reflect on your weaknesses. You have to get real with your flaws and how you're lacking before anything can change. Um, take advantage of every experience you can. You know, say yes, and don't be afraid to t- take risks. You don't need to party to have friends. Have fun, but focus on bettering yourself. You'll attract the people that you really want and will benefit from in your life when you yourself become better. And the last one I have is focus on the, the 24 hours that are in front of you. Dreams are great, long-term is great, but the next 24 hours are your biggest battle. So conquer them first.
1: Yeah, those are good. I kind of, mine are very similar. So I actually had um, delete social media if you have to, because there were points in my um, academic career that, there was like a whole semester where I just deleted the app of Instagram because it was just so like time sucking and like it makes you feel like you're being productive because you're like swiping and liking things and whatever but you're not being productive so just be honest with yourself and then another way to do that too is um to set Yassi's like the queen of scheduling like every hour of her day so she's definitely helped me with that <laughs> but basically like and I've actually heard this from other people it's like set a timer so like on your phone you could be like study for 30 minutes and then give yourself like five minutes to kind of just chill and get a snack or something like that or stretch and um I think just allowing yourself breaks and um allowing yourself also like a maybe a full rest day of recovery like rest is just as important but yeah just basically hold yourself accountable and yeah so I wanted to
0: end by going back to the very beginning of my, my four-year journey and how that unexpected change and that shift in plan, my four-year plan ended up accounting for something so great for me. So had I stayed at Stonehill or had I, been a semester, had I not been a semester behind in chemistry, I wouldn't have met the people that I have. I probably still would not be a biology major. I certainly would not be tutoring organic chemistry. I wouldn't have reconnected with my love for basketball, and I would not have made my health a priority. So the last two years of college were the most trying for me. They really tested, you know, my drive, my determination, but they were the most transformative and most rewarding. So I know that we're in trying circumstances with this quarantine. And, um, but honestly, you have the time. So that can't be one of your excuses. So use this quarantine to to do better, to get better. Put in the work for six months uh, and you will not want to stop when you see the results. I promise.
1: Yeah. I think that's really good advice. And just like maybe even you don't have to make like one giant change. Like that's why people say like New Year's resolutions aren't that great. Like give yourself like one little thing. Like tell yourself you're going to do this one thing and just watch how your life will change, you know?
0: Exactly. One small step and you'll see so many big, big differences in your life. Just be consistent. Mm-hmm. So uh thank you for tuning in to the Roaring 20s pop. If you're new, we'll see you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.